How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe That's in. <laughs> that was... That was so energetic. It was great. It was it was almost like echoing. It was lovely. Really wonderful. Thank yeah. you, Mark. So we are we are doing this, you know, live stream thing and you know, seems sometimes to have its own wonderful technological challenges, but we have Ben Nipton in studio at WATD running the show. Hello, Ben. Good evening, gentlemen. Pleasure to be with you as always. Goodbye. As always, as always. So I think it's probably on everyone's mind, this coronavirus. Um, and I thought tonight we could spend a little bit of time just talking about the I am of corona. You guys remember what the I am approach is? It's what this whole show is based on. The idea that we're always doing the best we can that instead of seeing ourselves as broken and not doing as well as we can, let's change the paradigm and start looking at ourselves as doing the best we can at every moment in time with the potential to change in the very next second to another best we can. And a few months ago, there was an enormous change that has affected all of us, all of us across the world. It's mind-blowing how we have all been affected by the same thing. And that is definitely worth talking about. And I thought today we could just talk about how people are managing it. And it's so important for us to be able to step back and look again at why people are doing what they're doing instead of judging them for it. It's their I am. Let's look again at why this is happening. Remember the words look again, again, look again to repeat something, look like a spectator. Let's respect why people are doing what they're doing. Don't have to like it, but let's respect it. Let's look again at why they are doing what they're doing. And yes, there's a lot of political unrest happening as a result of this. Uh, and I think that political unrest is a reflection of a much deeper, deeper part of who we are as human beings, a deep survival mode. And there's a part of us that is activating. Are we going to be able to survive this? Some people, unfortunately, have not ready. There I am was such that a virus invaded their biological domain and their body could not become successful. But unfortunately, even that is an I am. We don't get to pick and choose what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. What we're trying to do is understand why we do what we do. And I really do believe that with that approach, we can solve a lot more problems. We can wonder instead of worry. We can be reflective instead of reflexive. And we can do this together. 
because what the coronavirus has done, if nothing else, has shown us how much we have in common, how much we can all be affected by the same thing. We may have a different response, but we're all affected by the same thing. So where should we start with this? Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, why not do some autopsies, uh, for lack of a better word in my brain right now, of these different IMs surrounding the coronavirus? So I, we have sides that say, yes, the virus is real, and yes, it's dangerous, but I think the response was excessive. There are people that think the virus is so dangerous, the response isn't excessive enough. There are people saying there are no virus at all. This is a hoax. Uh, and they're going to be clawing each other's eyes out sooner than later, I think. I got some samples here. Commies are orgasmic about lockdowns, uh, in parentheses. It truly is sexual with them and will not let it go. In the next 12 to 18 months, Civil War 2.0, which has been in progress but nonviolent, will heat up and rivers of blood will flow through the streets. Just watch. I gotta tell you, the original Civil War was pretty bad, so 2.0 is gonna be awful. Yeah, Mm. worst sequel ever. Uh, I've always been wary of the Civil War watch. We've talked about how the unrest, the the folks are going to potentially start to um, find their liberties and and, uh, revolt, if you will. Um, There are certain factions of people or groups of people who, like Thomas, you had mentioned, they think it's excessive. So they feel as though they're being held against their will. What will that, I, I, I hope, nothing even close to what that person put on the Facebook page, but there, there is real fear of civil unrest. I think we're seeing it quite a bit, especially when they start to, to uh, muzzle the, the First Amendment and, and, and threaten to outlaw protesting um, mm. it, it, it really comes down to the I am, Dr. Joe, and that people are going to react very differently to this circumstance. And don't judge them. Just don't don't judge. You may not like it, right? We were saying this earlier today. You may go in the grocery store and you're fully prepared to do it safely, and you see somebody walking towards you non-compliant with the arrows without a mask or gloves on are you going to stop point and 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 yell at that person or are you going to turn away and get 13 to 15 feet away from them and not judge them because that's the choice that they've made they may not understand fully the purpose of putting on a mask you know they may say i'm safe i'm i'm healthy this isn't going to affect me but they're not educated enough or, or informed enough, I should say, to know that that's really not the purpose of the mask, right? The purpose of the mask is to protect protect um, you, uh, them from you, right? In, in more of a selfless, not selfish manner. And are you going to judge them for not knowing, right? Um. I personally will not because I'm interested in their choices. Um, and it, I don't think it's necessarily based on whether they are as informed or ignorant or any of those things, Mark. I think they've made a choice. 
And that choice has to be respected, but small changes can have big effects. It's the first rule of the I am. And the reality is you can make a choice to not wear a mask and you could get infected or you could potentially infect someone else. I've heard other people say, I will trust in God to protect me. Well, perfectly reasonable thought, but there's another phrase, right? Trust in Allah, but tie up your camel. Mm. Trust in God, but do the work. That's what free choice is about. Free choice is about responsibility. And we have responsibilities now that we never had before. Actually, that's not true. Let me correct myself immediately. We've always had these responsibilities to care for each other. It's one of the first rules, do unto others as I would have done unto oneself. That rule, that tenet, that approach is basically about what we are as a social animal. If I treat you with respect, I would hope you do the same. I don't want to be treated with disrespect, so why would I treat someone with disrespect? So that's part of what coronavirus is bringing out. It is a magnifying glass on all these things that have been part of our culture for generations. There's been a lot that has divided us, but that doesn't have to happen anymore. There can be so much more that unites us. And that's what I'm hoping the I am approach does because everyone's got one. Everyone is doing the best they can. But rather than judge it, I want to understand it. I want to understand why someone doesn't want to wear a mask. You know, is it because they really don't believe in the virus? Is it because they are so scared of the virus that it's what we call denial that I will not wear a mask so that I don't have to really confront the idea that perhaps there is this deadly thing around me. You know, denial is not just a rumor in Egypt. It's an old psychiatry line, but it's real. I, I want to just spend a moment on just the, the, the symbolism of the mask. This mask has got so much power and metaphor in it because the mask is meant to be a way to protect yourself and other people. It's not about masking your emotions. That's not what it's about. It's about saying, I am going to protect you. And the mask, unfortunately, is seen as an absolute affront to some people's sense of freedom. I don't disagree with it. If that's the way you see it, okay, but but why should that matter so much? Why should it matter so much to your sense of freedom that somebody says, you know, it's probably better for your safety and everybody else to wear a mask? Fascinating. And again, I'm, I'm not judging it. I would be really interested to know why people think that way. Educate me. That's a skill that you have to be able to form that understanding between yourself and someone else. What I think is so essential is being able to use that to arbitrate between not just you and you know whoever you're examining uh but different parties 
For example, in the comment section of that post, someone says they F-wording love the excuse to be worthless and dragging others down is just in their nature. To which uh, the original poster said, true, in their diseased minds, this virus finally makes everyone equal. And I think uh, probably the, the commies, the aforementioned commies. Oh, the, the paradigm that, that I... I am so angry with so many other people. I do not want to be anything like them. And therefore, yeah. I will be my own group. I will create my own group. Well, folks, let me, let me, I hate to disappoint you, but that is exactly what people do. That's what everybody does, is they form their own groups. So how does that make you any different? You've just chosen a different group. But it's what we do. It's what we do as social animals. It makes sense. It makes sense to want to have a group to which you belong. And it makes sense that sometimes you want to be sure that nobody else belongs to your group or that your group is better than somebody else's group. But I hate to say it. If you're doing it, everyone's doing it. So how are we that different? If you're doing it, everyone's doing it. Sorry. It is an I am. There's nothing wrong with it. It's an I am. But that doesn't mean that you have to then go and hurt somebody else. It doesn't mean that you have to then go and try to have an influence on their I am and eradicate them. We certainly have had a lot of that in our history. It is part of who we have been. It is there. But I believe we don't need to do that anymore. I believe we don't need to pick one group over another group. I think we are one group. It's called humanity. It's who we are. And yes, you will have your strong opinions and I think that's wonderful. I'm not saying just you, Tom, or you, Ben. I'm talking about all of us. It's wonderful to have strong opinions. Do it. Be passionate. But that doesn't mean that somebody else's opinion is wrong. Right. It just means they have another point of view. And, and that's, for me, that's what's so wonderful about who we are as human beings. If you open your mind to it, you will learn from everyone. I have had the privilege and experience of being a psychiatrist now for 30 years, I have learned so much from people who come into me distressed, feeling they have no value, angry or worried and anxious or sad or shut down. And what I get to do is understand why. And as I'm understanding why, they are beginning to understand why. And they realize using the I am approach, whoa, that's the best I could do. But you know what? I don't have to do that anymore. I can change. I can evolve. I can adapt. But I want to know why people are so angry. I'm not afraid of that anger which is what anger is trying to do. Anger is an emotion designed to change things. It wants people to run away. That's what anger does. But I want to remind people that if that paradigm continues, 
the angry person winds up alone because everyone will run away from them in fear. And then they are a group of one. And that can be in a world where you have one group against another, dangerous. Unless we change the paradigm. Unless we change the way we view each other by using the I am lens. I'm much more interested to know why those people are protesting than to judge them for protesting. They've got a reason. I want to understand it. And then, you're right, Tom, I, I want to be able to negotiate and talk and, and have people begin to be interested in other people's points of view. One of the things that, that I've done in psychiatry is in couples therapy where I'll have two people who seem so angry with each other. They are ready to tear each other apart. And I'll, I'll say to them, are you guys angry with each other? And they'll say, yes, we are. And I'll say, do you agree with that to the other person? Are you guys angry with each other? Yes, we are. I'll say, when's the last time you guys, you guys agreed on anything? And they, they startle. I said, you guys just agreed on something. You both agree that you're really, really angry with each other. How cool is that? And I tell you, it's remarkable because they can't help but giggle a little bit. And as soon as that happens, that's oxytocin. They begin changing the way they view each other because they realize, yeah, we have been angry, but let's talk about it. Because we didn't start off that way. We didn't start off angry with each other or we would never have been here. Why would we be here? Why would I marry someone or be in that I was angry with? It evolved, things happened, and that's part of why I really want to talk about this tonight, because we are at risk of this, folks. You cooped up with someone, you start judging, you start doing these things, you start feeling a little bit frustrated. Where is my personal space? All that. Normal. But if you're doing it, other people are doing it. Let's try to figure that one out. Let's try to do that. The I am is not just about an individual either. The I am applies to groups of individuals, to entire nations of individuals, to countries of individuals. So the United States is an I am. We see ourselves a certain way through the IC domain, and granted, every one of the people in it may see ourselves a little differently. But our home domain is the United States, our social domain is the way we interact with all the other countries in the world. The IC domain is the way we see ourselves and the way we think other countries see us. And the biological domain is every one of the people in this country and each of them as an I am. It's really kind of cool when you begin to approach it that way. It doesn't dismiss what you're feeling at all. Not at all. It's just wondering about it it's wondering and i personally find that much more exciting and intriguing but i go on i'm sorry this is what happens right you've heard me say this before psychiatrists we listen when we get a chance to talk very often we just don't stop talking so i will stop for a moment
Mark, what do you think about gonna, all this? I'm going to ask you a question, right? So how do we, once we start to maybe get frustrated with ever, with, with ever how we're looking at it, right? Or, or maybe we're upset that people aren't wearing masks or maybe we're upset that we're being told to wear masks or we're getting frustrated that we can't go back to work because we're being told to. What are some of the strategies and techniques to help us not get angry with other people because of that? So the first thing is to recognize you're angry. Recognize the rage. Just recognizing. Recognizing it immediately shifts your brain from the limbic system, which is where these emotions are living, this irrational, impulsive part of your brain, this ancient part of your brain, the reptilian brain, to your prefrontal cortex, the thinking part, the rational part. Recognize rage. That's the first step. Recognize rage. And make a scale for yourself. Let's just for the next minute, maybe less, but think about how many words there are for anger. We've got anger. We've got rage. Others? Ticked off. Ticked off? Upset. Upset? Irritable? Annoyed, pissed, postal. So what you would do is you would make your own personal anger scale. And each word that you have, attribute a number to it. You know, irritated, maybe a one, and annoyed, maybe a two, and postal, maybe a ten. Anything over a five puts you at risk for aggression. The enactment of anger. So... The way to manage it, the first thing is you recognize it. Recognize rage. Recognize rage. So what do I want to see different? The next thing you can do is you envision envy. Am I angry because I think somebody has more than me? What would they have that's more than me? Are they imposing having to wear a mask? Are they imposing these things on me? This is why I'm angry. I'm envious. Envious that these people have more than I do. Or sense suspicion. Do I suspect somebody's trying to take what I have? Remember, this goes back to being an animal, because we are. And resources are important to us. Residence is important to us. Relationships, the three R's. Residence, relationships, and resources, which in the old days were food, shelter, and the ability to reproduce. But human beings are a bit more complicated than that. So you can think of a number of resources, not just food, it's money, it's your cell phone, it's your house, it may be your car, it may be having some, you know, something to eat. So resources, residence, where do I live? Is my state better than your state? Is my house better than your house? Is my workplace better than your workplace? And then relationships. We are very, very interested in relationships. And I worry, you know, is that person got a better marriage than I do? Or is that person trying to take something in my relationship and they're trying to, like, take my job? So 
recognize rage, envision envy, and sense suspicion. These are the three things that you can do to begin wondering, why are you so angry? But again, if you're doing it, everyone's doing it. So now, when somebody else is angry, I'm going to teach you four tools so you can manage someone else's anger. Because if anger is an emotion designed to change things, it's not always your anger that gets in the way of success. It's very often somebody else's anger that's getting in the way of your success. So the next thing to do is use a remarkable part of your brain called mirror neurons. We all have them. You mirror somebody else. We do this in movies. You know, you're in a movie or watching something on TV and you see someone sad, you feel sad. You see someone happy, you feel happy. You are mirroring their feelings. So when someone's angry, they may activate your mirror neurons to be angry. Now you've got two angry people with each other, right? How's that going to help? Two angry people could escalate to aggression. And then someone really is not just going to get emotionally hurt, but also potentially physically hurt. So the next step is project peace. Be peaceful. Recognize someone's angry. Think, huh, what do they want to see different? Are they envious of me? Are they suspicious of me? I'm going to try to understand. I'm going to project peace, and I'm going to then use a tool called empathy. Engage empathy, an interest in why somebody else is feeling what they're feeling. This is a technical name, theory of mind. We can't see someone's mind, so we have to guess what are they thinking or feeling. But what are they thinking or feeling about me? Part of the I am. It's the I see domain of the I am. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? Are they seeing me as a threat? Are they seeing me as someone that I can, that they can just take advantage of? Why are they angry? Engage empathy. And then in order to then find out, we have to use the greatest tool that human beings have ever, ever invented. Language. And you communicate clearly. Not always easy. Look how many words there are just for anger. So communicating clearly is now giving a gift. Because now what you are doing is saying, I'm interested in why you are angry. That immediately lets somebody know that you see them as valuable, which is going to affect their biological domain. Because I see that you are angry. I'm interested in why. And after you have this discussion, you trade thanks. 90% of the time when somebody says thank you, the other person says you're welcome. That's an interesting phrase because you're welcome means you're part of my group now. You're not separate from me anymore. I'm not worried that you're trying to take my resources, my residence, or my relationships. It's gratitude. It's showing gratitude to someone which increases their sense of value. And remember, Everybody wants the same thing just to feel valuable. And whenever you remind someone of their value, you increase your own value. So those are the seven steps to outsmart anger. Recognize rage, 
envision envy, sense suspicion, project peace, engage empathy, communicate clearly, and trade thanks. And if you were to write it down, it's an acronym and it spells respect. And when is the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? Not sure you know, if you can. You can't because anger is an emotion designed to change things and being respected feels great because it makes you feel valuable. And that then leads you to trust someone. And when you trust someone, you can share all of these things, including these difficult emotions, because you know that they're not going to judge you as less than and less valuable. And that's what the I am approach is all about. I want to know why you do what you do. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's why we can't be so afraid of each other. Like for example, in, uh, in like the local forums, I got uh, posts like this saying, a plea the admins of this and any other locally owned Facebook page, please stop letting people post about protesting the shutdown. I am all for free speech, but all for free speech, but that's not, you know, <laughs> these are actively threatening public safety by recklessly engaging in large group protests in public spaces. I feel like you could extrapolate that to anything you don't like. Right. And I think that's dangerous. Yeah. Very. Why do you think that's dangerous? Because that's a constantly moving goalpost. You know, here's a phrase, the greater good. Can you, can you pinpoint what exactly that means at any point in history? Cause it's always different. And it's always an, I am, you don't get to pick and choose in the, I am sorry. You don't get to say this one's better than that one. My I am is better than yours. Mm -hmm. You're a threat to public safety. Mm -hmm. Wait, did you just say that to me, Tom? <laughs> sure. <laughs> admins, admins, please ban him. Please ban Dr. Joe. <laughs> Free speech means the government can't arrest you. No, the First Amendment means the government can't arrest you. Free speech means whatever I want to say. There you go. Yeah. As long, as long as free speech remains speech and not violence. Of course. That's assault, brother. Yeah, that's assault. Right. But absolutely. And, and if we were really able to just listen to what somebody else has to say, to talk with them, not just to them, but with them, I think we can do this. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard for some people, but that's their I am. And you can wonder, well, why is it so hard for you? It's because I know that you are out to get me, or I know that you think you're better than me, or I know that I'm better than you. Really? Well, that's interesting. How does that help you? How is that going to change things for you? And, you know, I think, I think that, it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's a challenge that our species can live up to. I really do. We've had pockets of this grandeur all through our history. We've had different groups thinking they're better than other groups all through history. We know that. 
there's there's biochemistry behind it. There's neurobrain science behind it. But you know what? We don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to remain primitive and stuck in this way that somehow the only way that I can be better is if someone else is worse. I don't know, man. I, I just don't, a bucket. Yeah, I just don't think we need that sort of scale anymore. You know, let's come together and share things. You've all had every every one of the people that has been protesting has had the experience of sharing with someone. Sure. Every one of them. It's part of our nature to share. But it's also part of our nature to worry that someone's going to take something from me. That's suspicion. I don't think there's any more justifiable time to be suspicious of the uh, of the nebulous they, because you're more vulnerable than you've been in your entire life. And I think the second people address that collectively, uh, the sooner this can at least become more tolerable. Yes, Tom. Collectively is the key. To do it collectively. Not you know? coerce collectively. Nope. That's the challenge. We may see something happen. We may see that, that we didn't need to be quite so afraid. Or we may see that the scientists were right. And that you can protest not wearing a mask, okay? But that might make you more vulnerable. We don't know yet. They're also protesting the control of information. Like, like we can we can say that it was a mistake for it to be published that back in like February, January, oh, masks don't do anything. I think that's a massive oversight. And I think I think that most people just want an acknowledgement of that instead of the oh on, uh, whatever honest mistake what, what what do you want yeah and and in terms of controlling information there are masters at it but right now the controlling information has to be our sponsors because they control more than information they've got great stuff here and please given what's going on with corona support our sponsors because we're all in this together Ben, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. I was taking my science class on a virtual reality bird-watching expedition. All of a sudden, Charlie Kane shouts, Oh! Oh! He had spotted the elusive black swift, a bird rarely seen in the wild. For a brief moment, Charlie had not the eyes of a nine-year-old boy. He had the eyes of an eagle. Teachers just have better work stories. Find out what it's like to teach at mass.gov slash teach. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. If you're like most people, you've probably been spending a lot more time at home. And you probably noticed that you have mold and mildew on the outside of your house. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart of Stewart Painting. While none of us know exactly what the new normal will look like, we do know that spring is here and summer is coming. And that's the perfect time of year to wash your house so you can enjoy it for the season. Stewart Painting Soft Wash Division can wash your house, roof, deck, walkways, patio, or whatever is covered with mold. Stewart Painting can wash your home with an environmentally safe solution that will make that black and green mold disappear instantly. And best of all, it won't hurt your plants. We even offer a virtual quote, so no one needs to go to your home and give you a price. Stuart Painting Soft Wash will make your house beautiful, and we guarantee the lowest price. So don't wait. Call either our Hyannis or Hingham office, or go online to stuartpaint.com. 
And remember, Stuart Painting, expect the best. Dr. Joe show talking about leading through darkness and uh, the unknown of what is going on right now in our present reality and um, you know how we how we can work with each other to just do the best that we possibly can right let's just explore just for a moment the emotional reaction to the unknown right for some people uh, it's terrifying the unknown. I'd say for the vast majority of people, certain things that are unknown mean that there could be a danger that could be life-threatening. For some people, and in different circumstances, the unknown is exciting and, and, and inspiring. You know, you go to a new country and it's unknown and it's exciting and you want to explore. So, this unknown of coronavirus may not be as sort of inspiring and exciting in terms of, oh, I really want to explore this. And, you know, you can err on the side of caution or you can err on the side of being cavalier. That's your I am. But I think that over the last few years, there has been a true erosion of trust in our society. And I think that's part of why we're so angry. And I think that's part of why that erosion of trust, if you go backwards from it, right? If respect leads to value and value leads to trust, mistrust is because you have felt devalued and disrespected. And you know, that happens too in our world. Human beings are really good at reminding someone of their value, but they're also really good at putting somebody down. And I really think that that's part of what this coronavirus is about and the protests are about is it's unmasking, no pun intended, a lot of the discontent that's been in our country for too long. A lot of people have felt put down and peripheralized and not important and not valued. And I do not blame them for being angry. I mean, just look at what they're being called right now, like Walmart scum, hicks, hillbillies. Yeah, it's, it's disgraceful, but it's still an I am. And what I'm trying to do is say, rather than us react limbically and impulsively and reflexively, let's reflect. What happened that there's this group of people who just feel maligned by another group of people? Well, what happened is human nature. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Once you recognize it, you can change it. And so, yeah. There will be protests. And do we think the protests are really just about, you know, the imposition of wearing masks or saying you have to stay at home? Is that really what this protest is about? You have to do it case by case. Maybe. 
Or is the protest about saying, you're not valuing my ability mm. to make decisions? True. You're treating me like a child. You're treating me as if I have no common sense. Let me make the decision. And you know what? Okay. But what if you're wrong? What if the decision that you make does kill you? Oh, oh well. It was still an I am. Remember, guys, the I am never says that you're going to be successful. That's not what the I am is about. The I am just says you're trying the best you can. Don't put yourself down for it. Just try to understand why you're doing what you're doing. How are you being influenced by your home domain, your social domain, your biological domain, and your I see? How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? If I think somebody sees me as not being smart enough to make my own decisions, yeah, probably going to get angry. Or I can wonder, why is that the best they can do? Is not believe I can make my own decisions. What's going on? And there I am. And then you can have a discussion. And you can say to that person, look how rationally I'm treating this. Doesn't that make you realize that I'm perfectly capable of making decisions? But, you know, it's going to be up to you whether you wear a mask or not. Personally, because I am a psychiatrist, which means I'm a medical doctor as well, I know what these viruses can do. Maybe not this one, but I know what a virus is. A virus is this remarkable entity where it just invades other things that's its i am doesn't really have a home of its own so it's going to come and take yours okay how do i fight that i don't let it near me that's how i fight it i don't let it near me and if it comes near me i wash it away or over time i can create a vaccine that will basically fool my body so you know what a vaccine is right a vaccine is basically chemical that's injected in you that makes your body think that you've been infected. But you haven't. It just makes you think you have. And your body goes, whoa, I've been infected. I'm going to mount my whole immune response. And your whole biological domain begins to change. So the next time, or if a real virus comes, your body says, no problem, man. I got this one because I know what you are and I'm going to immediately amount my immune response. So you will not be able to take over my home domain. It could take a while for those vaccinations to work. So what do we do? You know, folks, you're going to make your own decision. It's going to be your, I am. It really will be. But in the process, let's also just try to think, how do we, respect each other through this if if i believe that i'm at risk of being infected by you does that mean you have to wear a mask or it's considerate to wear a mask because then you're treating me with respect you may not agree with me i'm okay with that but at least I know that you're doing something that maybe 
is outside of what you want to do, but you're doing it for somebody else. And that is part of who we are as human beings. Every one of those people who are protesting know that. You know what it's like to do something for someone else. And you're doing that now. You're protesting to protect other people's rights. I respect that. I really do. I just hope that it doesn't kill us, but I certainly respect it. I understand it. And I agree admins, with that. Admins, can we ban Dr. Joe? <laughs> but I, when I go outside, I bring a mask and wear it. And I, I got to admit, I, walk, I was walking down in, you know, part of our world here. There was nobody around. I got my mask. It's down. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I see someone, I put that mask up. Yep. And now I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it not just to protect me, but to let that other person know that, you know what, I'm going to protect you too. Right. I don't think I've got corona. But Mark, you this is your philosophy, right? Yeah, but that's also the message that I don't know that is being conveyed correctly because I think a lot of the message that people are receiving is, I'm putting on a mask because I'm afraid of you. Mm. I'm afraid you're going to infect me when the message... It, it would be great to get out and say, hey, I'm putting this on just in case I have it. Yeah, that's right. You. That's right. And that's what Mark has been saying all along. If everybody just thinks that they've got it, act as if you've got it, and you don't want to hurt somebody else, you'll wear a mask. Right. Because in our heart of hearts, that's who we are. We don't want to hurt other people. We really don't. We do want yeah. to protect others. And so, yes... That's the messaging from the Dr. Joe show. When you're wearing a mask, you're potentially saving somebody else's life. How cool is that? That is valuable. That says that you are a person who cares about other people. And why can't we do that? I think it's the simplest thing in the world. We do it naturally. What we do, unfortunately, is pick people who we show that to. You don't have to do that. You show it to everyone, and it's going to be better. Imagine what the world would be like when everybody reminds everybody of their value. That's going to be pretty amazing. And we can maybe thank each other for that. And then the other person will say, you're welcome. Thank you, Dr. Joe. Thank you, Dr. Joe. And thank you, guys. All right, wonderful. See you guys next week. Thanks, Ben Nipotent. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Bye. Did he do it for love or was he just being wild?